Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Dr. Williams is the author of the acclaimed book, Shattered by the Darkness, Putting the Pieces Back Together After Child Abuse. Dr. Williams is on the senior leadership team at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas, and Dr. Williams travels the United States speaking and training professionals, parents, and victims about the importance of dealing with abuse and personal trauma head-on and not being afraid to break the silence of your own personal pain. Feel free to call in to tonight's show at 888-627-6008 and speak with Dr. Williams and his guests live on air. And now, your host, Dr. Williams. Well, good evening. Welcome to the program tonight, and welcome to the most beautiful city in the world, Houston, Texas. And a matter of fact, I have um, I'm wearing the Astros jersey tonight because Houston is taking on the Texas Rangers at this very moment, just a few blocks right down the road here. And uh, go Astros, or seventh time being in the ACLS, uh, and this is going to be an awesome, awesome series. And this is game one tonight, and maybe during the commercial break, I'll give you an update. I believe it's one to nothing right now. The Rangers uh, squeaked out a run while ago, but it's still way early in the game. Um, I want to just welcome you to the program this evening. We have a very special guest tonight, and it's going to be a very particular um, situation that we'll share with you when I bring uh, them into the program. And I always like to uh, provide information uh, to the listening audience that we have completely around the world. And my phone will start, I promise you tonight, my phone's going to start blowing up. I think Facebook is going to start blowing up. I believe we may even get, uh, TJ, you may want to make sure you're ready to answer the phone because this is about uh, a situation that we have never really talked about, but I know it is a very serious uh, situation. And our guest tonight is a professional about it. Because she went to school to learn, no, because she went through the school of life uh, of it and learned it the hard way, uh, the school of hard knocks. And you will understand that as we bring the guest in here uh, just uh, very shortly. Um, there's two or three ways to get involved in tonight's program. One that is the easiest is simply dialing a toll-free number. It won't cost you a penny, 888-627-6008. And the awesome people at BBS radio station will answer the phone and patch you right in to talk to the guest or myself or both. And uh, we can do that uh, anytime during the program. When I see that a phone call is here, we'll patch you right on through. And uh, feel free to ask the question or, or say the comment, and then you can go right off. Uh, a lot of people don't want to be heard around the world and a little more shy. So you can actually call my, or no, not call, but text uh, during the program, 832-396-6525. That'll ring my personal cell phone, and I will read the text during the commercial break. Or you can get on Shattered by the Darkness Facebook page right now, and it is up and running because I'm watching it right over here to the side. Uh, it's going live right now. You can comment straight 
there. And uh, we'll read those comments uh, as we go along uh, the program or questions and share that with our audience. You know, I always like to share just a few a few seconds, a few minutes before we bring the guest in, just on some something maybe that I've learned this week. I shared it this morning uh, with the folks at church, and I just want to share it with you uh, in a little different way um, tonight. You know, it seems like we've had uh, a wild week in our world, and sometimes you personally can feel like maybe what Israel is going through right now with being hit from every direction with emotional, personal, financial, spiritual, relational uh, missiles that are just coming in out of nowhere. And maybe it happened to you and it completely blindsided you like it did Israel last weekend. And you feel like you are personally in your own war. Sometimes it may be a war that you're battling within yourself. It may not even involve anybody. These wars could be financial. Uh, the stress and anxiety and trauma could be job-related. It could be in a relationship that you have with your friends or your significant other or your spouse. It could be all kinds of different battles, different wars that's going on. And what that initially does and automatically rears up inside of us is this four-letter word, um, fear. And in that fear, sometimes it shuts us down. We don't know how to handle fear. And, I, and I, I've dealt with this. I've had to deal with this, and I'm sure I'm going to deal with it uh, even later on in life, I, I know uh, I'm going to with my health. I know I'm going to with some major decisions that I need to make in my life. I want to make sure that I make the right ones. But when fear comes knocking at our door, I want, and I hope you do, send faith to answer it. Don't try to do it on your own. Have a little bit of faith there, and don't run away from your fears, but run over them and make them roadkill. Uh, don't be afraid. And I have a feeling that our guest may have some wisdom on this tonight, because I think in the relationship that she was in, by reading her memoir, uh, had a lot of fear. What do I do? How do I get out? How do, am I going to be safe? Do I stay and how am I going to live? How do, how do I deal with this? And I want to tell you what, and if you want to lean into the, to the computer a little bit tonight or to your cell phone, the best way through that fear is what I just said, is through, is to get through it, is make the step towards it and then right on smack dab through the middle of it. Fear has two meanings, F-E-A-R. And the first meaning could be forget everything and run or it could face everything and rise there is a better life for you you setting where you're at right now and allowing faith to 
allowing fear to marinate into your spirit, into your mind, into your whole day, into your week, into your life is only going to make you bitter, not better. So you have to be able to face that fear and then go for it. Fear is the death, is a destroyer, is the thief of your dreams. Fear is a destroyer, a thief of a better life. Don't fear. And the cave that you may fear to enter literally holds the treasure that you're seeking. So don't fear. Don't be afraid. You know, Babe Ruth, even, you know, the great legendary baseball player said, don't let the fear of striking out hold you back. You have to go up there swinging. And sometimes we need to swing harder, faster, and more often than what we ever, ever have. Don't run away from your challenges. Face them head on and don't fear. Tell you what, um, I hope that means something to you. It sure means something to me. Um, when you get that call from the doctor, when you get that letter in the mail, when you get those divorce papers uh, served to you, when you get the pink slip in your paycheck, I don't even know if they do actual paychecks anymore, but in your uh, paycheck or hanging on the door of your, your office and it's saying you got 30 days and you're out. How do you handle that? Don't give up. Don't crawl up in a ball and lay on the floor. Don't whine. Don't complain. Just get up, face it, and go through it. You have the resiliency inside of you. Resiliency is something that you cannot and will not find in a book, at Walmart, at Lowe's. It's not there. You can't build it. It is already inside of you. So no matter how hard that issue is in your life, keep on facing it walking towards it, and that concrete floor will start cracking off, uh, open. And I promise you, that seed of determination, of belief, of faith, and strength that you have inside of you will start coming up through that hard ground or that concrete and will start blossoming. One little seed of faith, of belief, of not giving up and depending on hope to keep watering that seed over and over and over again. I needed to hear that this week. If you don't need to hear it tonight, I probably would bet five to one this week. You're going to run across somebody that needs to, or you're going to need to understand it and hear it again this week for yourself. Now, I'll put that soapbox uh, to the side. I want to welcome to the program tonight a very special lady, uh, a lady that is sharing her story tonight. 
and will not be sharing her uh, visual face this evening. All we will hear is her voice. So unfortunately, folks that are watching this uh, and not on the literal radio, but you're watching it on Facebook or something of that kind of uh, platform, you're going to be stuck with seeing me. She goes by an alias of Virginia Bennett. That's how she wrote her book that is called Snowed. It is a memoir that is probably as raw and honest and engrossing of a story of any book that I have ever read. And if you've been watching this program for over four years and we've been on, I tell you what, you understand that that has to be a pretty powerful book because we've had some big major league hitters and authors on our show. But I tell you what, she rises to the top one or two of being the most uh, intriguing and honest storyteller about her own life. And it's about a life that millions of women like her are facing this very evening. I want to bring you to the program. I don't want to uh, waste any more of her airtime. You'll be just hearing her voice tonight, um, live from someplace uh, in California. And I want to welcome to the program, Virginia Bennett. Virginia, can you hear me this evening? Yes, I sure can. Thank you so much for having me on your program, Dr. Williams. And thank you for that very nice uh, introduction. And I, I really appreciate that, the time here on your on your program. Well, it's great to have you. And I, I, I know it may be uncomfortable. I don't know if you do a lot of interviews or not. Um, I did find a couple interviews and listen to them. Uh, and you do a great job uh, of telling your story. But your book uh, called Snowed, uh, S-N-O-Y-E-D, Snowed, has a little peach in the snow. Mm -hmm. Um, Where did you come up uh, with the title? I understand why the title, but where did you come up with the title and then this piece of fruit in the middle of, uh, of Snowbank? How did you come up with that? Well, well, snow, I, I, when I, after this experience, I kept thinking, you know, I really wanted to help people in some way, if I could even only help one person by telling my story that I, I would be very grateful for that. And, you know, snowed, as you said, is, you know, to be deceived or deceptive, deceptive, um, after the, you find that out after the fact, which is, which is, you don't even realize you're being snowed until you're snowed. And the peach is many things in our relationship, whether it be the peach color, peach the fruit. Uh, there were quite quite a nu- numerous things in there that involved peach, and peach is the delectable, tasty, very you know nice fruit. But um, it, it it that that's why I wanted to put that in there. It is it's kind of kind of a contradiction because you can't have you can't grow fruit. You can't grow peaches in snow, but I just wanted to put both of those on the on the cover because those are two very important things in the book. Virginia, is this the your only book that you've written? Yes, yes. Uh, first time at it, and when did yes. you decide that you wanted to put this ink to paper? But in your case, emotional blood on paper. When did you decide yes, you wanted I, to do that? Yes, I that it was a few years after after that I was able to work through some of the the post traumatic stress that I had and and 
the realization that it that it really this occurred and then to write it it was very hard and I was very honest and at times I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe I'm writing this this is embarrassing that this happened to me but that actually I guess is the point that it it can happen to many many people and has happened to many people so I wanted to share my story that they are not whoever this has happened to they're not alone and that there's help out there for them and just to share how I got through it and before we let people know what you went through, because we haven't even heard the story yet, was writing this down as honestly as you did. And as and I applaud you for that transparency and authenticity. There's not much of that in this world today, but you can tell from page one to the very last page, you poured it all out. How therapeutic was that for you to help you deal with it now knowing that there's hundreds, thousands of people that may be getting help from reading your own story. How therapeutic was that? Well, that that is that very, as you exactly are saying, that was very helpful knowing by writing it that I, I hopefully could help somebody. Yeah. And that, that was what kept me writing it, actually, because at times I, I wanted to stop. Just, just yeah, it was, it was, you know, too embarrassing. But, yeah, I kept going, and I'm yeah. sure glad I did. Yeah, so there is, on the other side of the door, uh, a life that can be enjoyable again, correct? Exactly. And at times, you don't think that it can. You think that this is just, that that is it's just it, that you can face friends or family fr from what you've done or what you found yourself in, I should say, because it's not really what we have done other than sometimes things in our personalities can attract that. And so that was also a realization that I, that I found out. And I, I wanted to write about that to help people also that some of us are just more vulnerable to, to others, to that, to this type of a, of a person that I was. When, when you, and then I'm, I'm going to hear after this question, I'm going to just hush up and let you tell your story. But mm -hmm. um, did you have a bad picker <laughs> with picking a, uh, uh, the love of your life because of anything that happened to you in your past? Or is this was just literally such a good snow job. You thought you had a winner. Well, that's a, a very good question. And he was a con artist to the nth degree. And I think that that is, it was my second marriage and um, he was, everything that I thought that he, you know, a person could be. And, but he was not, he was not who he portrayed to be. So I don't know that the picker, I know what you're saying. And I wish I had picked somebody else, that's for sure. But uh, I found myself in that, in that situation. And uh, yeah, I, I don't, that, that, that's a very good question because I think that has to do a lot then with our personalities and exactly our past and what's happened to us in the past and how somebody is treating us its that, that we are drawn to that maybe makes up for things that have happened in the past that uh, we think that this will be um, a, a good thing and can find ourselves that it's, that it's not. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to hush. Tell the story for our listening audience that have, haven't read the book yet. Um, and you can get the book right on Amazon right tonight, and we'll talk about more of that uh, later. But we have about uh, eight, nine minutes before we're going to take the, our only commercial break. 
but the floor is yours. How did this story come about? And tell whatever you want to share about the story to us so we can understand what this memoir book of your life is all about. Okay, well, so I, I was just, I did not date after my first marriage, after my divorce with my um, children's father for a couple of years. I was not going to, I just, I was fine. I was happy. That was, a, I was just, you know, we had a good re relationship, working relationship with the children. And uh, I just, I didn't, I didn't want to date, <laughs> but I had a, a very good girlfriend who's like, oh no, you've got to, you can't just sit here in the house. You know, you got to get out and you've got to do things. And so that's what encouraged me to, and she, she came over and she's like, okay, let's write this out. You know, she wanted to a, a, a dating website. And I did that and then went on, I mean, I, I, like at least, well, actually 19 dates. And this was the 20th date when I connected with, with um, the man that I had eventually married. Um, and we, you know, emailed back and forth and then on the phone and then had, you know, the first date was this beautiful restaurant and he was, you know, charismatic and and very engaging. And he was, seemed so interested in everything that I had to say and asking questions. And, you know, where, and then again, like in my past, there had been people that just didn't even, you know, didn't really want to hear what I had to say. And so he, he became all those things that uh, just even in, in the, in the first date of talking about a lot of, a lot of different things. So then we shared things in common in um, our backgrounds, which then drew us even that much more together. And uh, when we, you know, we started our relationship and after about two years is when we got married. And uh, then my dad, my father was, was pretty much on to him, but again, he was very, very good. And so my dad did not come to the wedding and so that started a few things with them. But um, my dad also showed me unconditional love and he continued. We are in agriculture and continued our relationship and called up and said, let's go to breakfast. You know, he just like, okay, she did this. Let's just keep on, you know, okay, let's keep on going. And so, but as time went on, he, he, he did a lot of, he, well, he quit his job he wanted to work for my dad. My dad hired him and then started a horrible relationship between the two. And I did not know what to do. I was caught in the middle. And that was very, very difficult because I love my family. And he very much was, um, I don't want to, well, he, he started putting doubt in my mind. He, that's what he was trying to do about my family, about my, my son, my um, relationship with my father. Anyways, this, as time went on, things got very tumultuous and he ended up, I won't say a whole lot, but he ended up stealing uh, some in intellectual property and, uh, you know, was denied it and things just got really, really, really intense. And I found out that the, the story, when you talk about resiliency in your introduction, the story really is, I, we have things in us in reserve that we don't even know that we, that we have. Yeah. And I do know that my faith in God and, and even the, 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 the 
knowledge if you look around us in even in in nature there were things that were that were like pointing trying to help me and I was just oblivious until it was all over and putting things together but also it helped me when when things are really really bad and we're thinking why why is this happening well I learned it's not so much why but it's what for and if we can if we can not be afraid and have that fear as you spoke about not run but rise that was so well said that um we to take it one day at a time also just one day at a time even an hour at a time i took it an hour at a time sometimes just i i i could barely make it through but i took it one hour at a time you know and once i realized the what for that i i talk about in in the book that that really really helped me to, to get through it and and that is again in writing the book that um there is hope and and to trust that you know, that are, that things will get better. You know, hope is, is hope is really is, is everything it, it, it is to help us to get through each day. Um, so I think that's, yeah, it's been a, it's kind of a summary of right. it. How, how long did the relationship last? Okay. Let, let me ask a couple of questions. Um, so the, the audience may have some more they can call in. Once you, you married, when did it when did it start to enter into your mind? Hey, wait, something's funny here. How long was it in before well, you saw another side? So, in in all in honesty, and I talk about in in the book, there are some things before we got married that I really that were red flags. People will say, you know ask me, weren't there any red flags? And there were a couple, and it has to do with money and um. But, you know, you just kind of like brush it aside, like, oh, you know, he needs this. The reasons are seem very, very legitimate uh, that they they have an answer for everything he did. He just no matter what I asked him, he had an answer for everything. So then when we did get married, yeah, there were some things in about a year that I I, I did not. I thought, is this, is this really going to last? But it it did. and. It just it just kind of snowballed. The things got worse and worse and worse of what was exactly in the beginning. And I just kind of like just looked the other way. And how long did the relationship last before you said, hey, I, I can't live like this any longer? It, two years we dated and five years in marriage. But the last year I was, you know, asking him to to change some things. But that that would not happen. So at the end of the fifth year, that was when I just I it, it had yeah it, the whole thing hadn't changed. I, I had to get out. When you wrote uh, the memoir Snowed, that I want everybody to get. Just listen. Um, did it automatically? Because I, I'm assuming you don't use his real name in the book. Correct. Right. I don't. And I think you use Liam. Is that right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Liam is Mm -hmm. uh, your husband in the book. And uh, what is is there fear that there may be some retaliation um, if he finds you or knows where you're located at or things of that order? Or is it just for your own peace of mind? I really don't want 
my real name out there or me, because if my real name's out there, most people will be able to figure out pretty quick who I'm talking about. Well, both of those, both yeah. of those. I don't want people to know um, his his name. And I do fear, uh, I, I do fear, oh, I shouldn't fear, but I would not want any uh, retaliation or any type of any anything coming back to me if yeah. if um if he can if he does put it together right i'll tell you what we're going to take our commercial break right now we're at the bottom of the hour so on the other side of this so i really want to talk about your experience and drill in a little bit deeper and if there's women or men that are watching this tonight and they find out hey wait this is about me uh, this is the type of relationship that I'm in or whatever. I want to know, what would you tell them? Uh, how can you spot some red flags? How can you understand how to deal with them and things? So we're going to drill into that a lot deeper uh, on the other side of this commercial break. If people want to get involved tonight, the listeners, 888-627-6008. You will not want to miss now. The wisdom that comes from her, from the her memoir story, in the book called Snow. Hang with us. We'll be right back after this very, very short commercial break. From HCI Publishing, that brought you the international bestsellers, A Child Called It, and the Chicken Soup for the Soul series comes the latest book by Dr. Gregory Williams, Shattered by the Darkness. This book describes the horrific abuse that Dr. Williams suffered at the hands of his father for over 12 years and the damaging effect of keeping everything silent about that abuse for 30 years. If you're looking for that book that you can't put down, then pick up a copy of Shattered by the Darkness by Dr. Gregory Williams at all Barnes & Noble stores, Amazon, and Books A Million. Now, back to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Back to the program this evening. The score is still one to nothing. Texas Rangers are leading the Astros. Just in case you're you're thinking about, hey, wait, I'll clip, uh, I'll click off the show to find out the score. No, hang right here with us. We'll we'll keep you updated. Um, don't don't leave us because you're going to want to hear this last half hour of our guest tonight, Virginia Bennett, uh, the author of her memoir called Snowed. Virginia, when you were in the situation of being in this abusive relationship. It was only, I don't mean only as making it smaller, but the abuse was predominantly emotional, not physical. Is that correct? That's correct. Would you have preferred it to be physical because of the damaging upheaval that this does to a person's psyche and mental uh, stability? Would have been easier if he just hit you than it would have been to deal with this 
game of finding mm-hmm. out that he was a man that you didn't even know. Yeah, I, at times I, I I did think that, like because a bruise is you can see the bruise, it hurts, but then it, it goes away. Yeah. And and I but I I can't really speak. I know that there's people that are terribly physically abused, yeah. um, and that still remains. What's What's interesting is that the emotional abuse uh, in in intimate relationships is just as detrimental as the effects of physical abuse. Yeah. And there was a study in the National Library of Medicine that uh, that was very interesting, and it states that the law recognizes physical and sexual violence as crimes against the individual, but not emotional. So, unless the person has committed fraud, which there 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 is fraud um, that you find yourself in, that it, it is very difficult to 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 pursue that that avenue versus the the physical but it is just as detrimental yes, definitely yes did you have any uh, children with uh liam no i no okay. not. thank yeah. thank the lord for that i right? know exactly thank the lord is correct is right yeah because there would have probably been a, a string there that you would have had to go oh now what do we do so that at least and there is that. a blessing on every uh situation uh yes yeah. this is true How- what what kind of wisdom if you were sitting across uh at a restaurant with two or three ladies that are going through this in their life and they're going, Hey, we've all we've read your book. How help me? How do I watch for this? How do I recognize it? How do I and there's a lot of how do I's um what was what's some of the first things that ought to make uh, anybody in a relationship go? Now wait, that was strange. Did anything ever happen inside your gut that you go, this just don't seem right? Well, not not until there, well, there were some things financial, but uh, I I think. It, it in it, sometimes when we we overshare, and that's what I I well that is what happens in this type of a relationship or can of oversharing with um these type of people a sociopath, and uh, they log away because they they are they are thinking about what you're saying, and and calculating it's very calculated as to when they that t- to make you feel that they are everything that that you think that you are you know they they take on your persona um but it could be because they are listening and i think sometimes and when we first meet somebody you know all of the things that we want they all of a sudden that's not all of a sudden but it's all of a sudden in their life that that is is uh is is the same as as we are and you know chameleon comes into into my mind for he was definitely a chameleon but also what's very hard is a person like this has very high testosterone levels of so speaking of men and, and women. There are women in this uh, situation or men in this situation that have been, have been duped by women, but I will just speak of as me as a woman and, and the, the man and they are, they, they just, they can, the testosterone. And then once it becomes sexual, it is very difficult. The dopamine in our brains that just trigger other natural, um, 
hormones that are related to that, that just, they, it's like a reward system. The more you're with that person, then the more reward, then the more, the more and more you want to be with that person. And, and it is difficult because family members can tell you, Hey, I don't think this person is, why do they say that? Or, you know, we went on vacation one time and my girlfriends, it's like, he didn't, he didn't even talk to them. And I thought, well, that's odd. He's really nice. He's so friendly. And so that though stuck in my head and that was after everything unraveled, you know, um, they were, they, they saw that, which I, I did not. Cause I think when we're in it, when we're in love is love is blind and we don't want to hear things that are negative sometimes, even though our friends can tell us and, uh, that, yeah, I think did I answer that, that you're talking to your, your question. Yeah. Um, did, do you feel looking back at it now and after really going through probably every emotion and every situation in your mind to write a book? Cause that's one thing why it's so therapeutic. You go, okay, no wait, then it brings back, Oh, that happened too. And then that, Oh, there's another page I need to write on because it just starts peeling back all these different layers and it becomes a really engrossing book because you can feel it. The intensity of it rise. Um, do you feel that he knew from the beginning I'm going to try to find someone that I can dupe or was it just a, a very bad character flaw that the man has and you just happened to be with him was it premeditated uh, psychopath uh, activity when he picked you on that dating site or reached out to you or you guys got together yeah, I, I do think that it is he, they, they search and maybe they can date one person here and maybe doesn't, you know, click or that person doesn't uh, respond to them. And I do think that it's just a matter of numbers until they finally, then they do get somebody that does respond to them and then they can uh, do their, you know, masquerading of, to everything that, that you, you are. And they do choose, they do choose certain types of women in this, in this instance. And I had a, a lot of site of um, counseling, which I did not want to believe my counselors in the very beginning when I would explain certain things in the relationship. I just couldn't believe them because they didn't, in my mind, know Liam, like I knew Liam. And, uh, they, so, so th there is a certain type that they, that they go for. Um, and I'll just, I have that in the book. So I don't know if you, I don't know if I should say that here. Do you feel that at the beginning of the relationship or even on the dating site, you opened your heart too quickly and shared things that as you look back on it going, Wow. I let him in awful fast. I allowed a lot of bait that he could put on his hook mm -hmm. to be able to draw me in. Uh, because sometimes yes. you just open up uh, when you find somebody that cares for you and you care for them somewhat, and then you just share everything. So yes. you let your guard down. Did he take advantage mm -hmm. of that? Yes. And, and also in the very, very beginning, those dating sites, I am amazed. I mean, I haven't done that since then, but the information that people will give about themselves and it, it they, and I have seen this in another instance from somebody, another, another um, friend in person that 
they will change if you start, if you can look at like one person on the, on those dating sites, then another person, they'll change what they have to say to match what another person, as simple as like poetry or, oh, I like this. And then that person, oh, that person likes, oh, he likes poetry. I like poetry. Well, you know, when you start writing a lot of these (laughs) themes that talk about yourself too much, it, it, that gives them ammunition. That gives them a lot of uh, things to first start out a relationship with to go by. Yeah. After after the relationship ended, um, how long ago has that been? Well, that was quite a while ago. It took me a long time to write the book. Right. And that was about 10 years ago that, that, that it occurred. But it took me a good two years to get over that. It, oh, it was You're probably still dealing with it, correct? Well, I know I I'm well actually as far as I trust that I verify. Before I growing up, I, I just have always felt that oh, you know, I trusted everybody unless I they proved otherwise. And now I don't I don't do that anymore. I the person needs to if to uh you know um I, I just I, I verify everything now. And not in a fear way either, but just a more of a matter of fact, logical to protect myself. And I don't think that I, I cared about that when I was, you know, younger, 10 years ago. Um, it was just more like, oh, who's that person? And great. And we're, you know, get along and he's friendly and nice. And, you know, he was cool and charismatic and his demeanor was just all like, it, it just, you know, it was everything they say that a, that a uh, sociopath can, so your boundaries are up a little bit more than what they were um, than they are the, the, in the past with boundaries and guardrails. Yes, yes, my bound my boundaries are up more, and the guardrails, and and even actually in in my business, um, I've I've been more aware of that also in in where I, I had before and, and other women actually have told me that circumstances have happened similar, not even in a love relationship, but in a finance, in a business relationship, but in an office and being taken um, advantage of. And which I also had studied and read a lot on a, a website called fraud.com and that they share a lot of the similar um, circumstances, which again, I didn't want to listen to any of those in the very beginning at all. I could not believe that that was happening to me. And yeah. I need to mention, if it's okay, the movie or the, the actually what happened to the lady that then they made a Netflix about it was uh, Dirty John. And he very, well, very similar. Now, not as similar in the physical aspect, but again, just drawing you in and, and making you feel that, that, uh, that you're all that you're together, you know. You you are are one one. You've met your soulmate, and uh, that makes it very difficult to believe that this is not that person. And the so sociopath a, next a, door is a yeah. good book, also. There's a movie on Netflix. It's called Dirty John. That yes, that, so it was a series. A good it, idea. Yes, it was six. I think six parts. Um, okay, and uh, that yeah, that was. Awesome. Since we were talking about guardrails, and you know, guardrails are up and down the highways, and uh, to keep yeah. people from hitting those instead of going off into deeper 
depths of hurt, pain, and possibly death. Along that road that you were traveling and you had let your guardrails fall, were there any signs on the road that were flashing, warning, you're you're being manipulated, warning, uh, this isn't what it is meant to be? Was there any of those signs that, that you just flat overlooked that you could even about it now that, hey, watch for this? There, there was. And... It, again, a lot had to do with, uh, with money and, um, and I was, I'm very you know, blessed. My family, I mean, we, they've worked very hard in what they have done and, um, what, what we have, I mean, it's been in agriculture and, and my, for my, my ancestors and, and they're, we have all been in, in farming and uh, I, in my heart, at times, the, the 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 requests over and over for money, I I thought, well, gosh, I have you know, if we ha- well, what we have, like, isn't it to share? I mean, if we don't, what was it all worth? Anything that we have, if we can't share it. But it really then asked, I after this whole thing, and then when we did in breaking up. You know, in order to get back, you know, when he started dangling these things that, you know, over my head about wanting this and that, I really started questioning that, you know, what, what, what does it mean to love someone? And at what point did you give somebody everything that you have? I mean, how much do you give of yourself? You know, if you give all of yourself, then how can you replenish yourself to be able to continue to give? And those are questions that, that, um, that are really, that were really hard, hard, hard for me. Because when you love somebody, you want to give them everything that you have, and you feel that it that you get love back, but it, it's really not in the same manner. When when you experienced this, how long and how did you end up ending the relationship, uh, getting out and say, hey, "Wait, I just can't do this anymore." Uh, how did you break away from the psychopath? Well, I, I, and what's crazy is that I was still so emotionally attached. I mean, absolutely. It's, and it's almost like a, like, like a, a drug addiction. I mean, they, they know exactly continually what to say, how to keep pulling you in. And I did know that the only way to really cut this off was to not, I had to go cold turkey. I could not see him. And as much as I wanted to, and, you know, he wanted to come out for, you know, another holiday or this or that, but, you know, I need money, all those things is just like, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I could not, I could not do it. Knowing that, that I was then really diminishing, I, I had nothing left um, in my, in my heart and my soul that I had, I had, that's where I drew that I, I say with, with God and, and praying and taking it one day at a time, but I had to go cold turkey and I, and I had to have a, an exit plan. And I think that if, if a lot of people that are in this situation, they, they do need, if they can confide in friends and family, but then what happens though, is sometimes friends and family get disgusted because they're like, can't you see this? And they get frustrated that, 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 that their loved one can't see with this person, how this person is manipulating them so much. But that's also where then 
gosh, we need forgiveness. We need patience when people are hurting and, and try to help them in a way that helps them in that situation. I think if the counselors hadn't really continued to not lose their patience with me, that, that is what, that's what helped me. And then also contacting people that had known him, um, that he did not give me their names. I had to look up, I had to research and that helped because then I was, I, it, it opened my mind to that. It was not just me that he had done this to, because that was very hurtful also. Right. Did, did the mother instinct in you cause you to want to help him fix him? Keep him yes, exactly, and bring exactly. him back. I mean, there's still, I still have hope in him. Did, did, did that come into play it, at it all? It did. It did. Wow. And that is another, another personality trait that they can see and identify. And they, be, they feel they are the victim. You know, they are the ones that are being hurt or why did you, you know, talk to me and I, in that way, or I need this or I, I need that. And can't you see all that I'm doing? They, they, they are very, very good at, at, playing the victim when they are really not the victim. Yeah. And that, and then, so that does that, that pulls on my heartstrings. It did in my situation. Yeah. Sure. We only have a minute or two. I knew this hour would fly and you've been, you've been great. And I appreciate the authenticity and the the openness and transparency. Uh, Snowed is the book by Virginia Bennett. Um, And uh, I will make sure I get that out as often as we can. Uh, How do you, as we turn the corner for the next 90 seconds, how do you risk loving again? How do you trust again? What's some of the keys that helps you open your heart back up? Well, to know more about the person, to yeah. know where they're coming from, and that other people know them, um, and that can talk well about them and a good network of friends because I think in this day and age we could talk to anybody all over the world you know we can feel connected to anybody all over the world through the internet and and uh and we need to we we need to be careful with that and again not fearing have friends but when when you start involving yourself with someone you really do want to make sure that that they're they're honest because if you don't have honesty, you don't have anything. And right. we need to be honest with one another. Before we, we close tonight, one tip that you would give to someone that's in this situation right now and they are leaning into the computer listening with every word you're saying, what can they do right now? And what do they need to hear from you as we close the program? What would be your words of wisdom? Well, to trust that if they think there's something wrong, there is something wrong. And to go with their instincts, to go with that inner voice, because I think so often we just shove that aside. But that inner voice is really, we need to listen to that. That, And I would hope that they, they, that they would listen to some, to their, you know, if there's something not right to, to seek help. And also I have a couple of resources in the back of the book that are really, really good that really helped me and would help them with an exit plan and would help them even just to talk it over. Maybe they think, I don't know, this doesn't seem right, but you know, maybe I should talk to a professional and they'll, they'll help, you know, sliding scale. I mean, they, there's organizations that if you don't think 
you could afford that, they will, they will work with you. They will really help. So I just, that, that was important to me also to let people know. Great wisdom. I tell you what, do you believe that that inner voice is God activated? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I think it, women it, it have a, a louder inner voice than us men. I think you're the sense, the sensitivity that a woman has is more able to feel it, be impacted by it, and hear it more than men are. And I think that's why when that little alarm goes off in a, in a woman's heart or gut, uh, that ought to get everybody's attention because it's something that you need to hear. This is so true, and I'm really glad that it's so good that you mentioned that, that you talk about that, because that is so important. It is, and we can just kind of tune it out and not realize that it is, that's our guardian angel, that's God that is is helping us. And and maybe men sometimes, you know, still have to be strong and, and you know, kind of like think, oh, I'm, you know, that's, I don't want to do that. Or if there is something that they hear, that inner voice, um, but I'm really glad that you mentioned that. I'll tell you what, it goes right along with your book, because I think once they start snowing you and that snow gets pretty deep, only can that inner voice cause the snow to melt to get down to who the real person is. And I, I believe um, as long as they can keep recovering, they've got you manipulated. But if you mm-hmm. listen to that voice and trust it, uh, you'll end up finding out who the real person is. And, and Virginia, I, I appreciate so much you being on the program tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And I, I really appreciate your your questions and on the what you've gone through and the the program here to help other people also that's tremendous of what you're doing thank you well i i'm just i'm just watching my phone literally go like this like uh uh uh, alarm going off with people texting me so i know when we get off there's going to be hundreds of people that i'm going to have to respond to the first thing we want to know is the best way for them to get the book is it through amazon Yes, yes. Amazon okay. and, and Barnes and Noble, if that, that's around. Yes. And in the UK, it's also through, I know somebody has, has a couple of people have purchased it over there too. So it's, it is available around. around. Do you have a webpage or because of your uh, wish to be uh, unknown, uh, do you have the, so people can't. Yes. No, you do. Okay. What, I have what's a website. Website? website is snowed, um, ed, snowed. S N O W E D true P R U E story.com snowed true story.com. That is my website. Snow true story.com. Uh, snowed past. Yeah. Snow like the story, like the book snowed. E D. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, reach out to uh, Virginia, get the book, especially if there's somebody at the office that you know of, you say, Oh man, how can we get them to understand and you're shaking your head and maybe you're seeing it in a friend or another relationship, or maybe you're dealing with it. It'd be just worth having a copy of this book in your home to be able to read for yourself or somebody that you love that's in your family or a circle of friends. I highly, highly recommend it. And then after you read it, put a review out on, on Amazon uh, or Barnes and Noble, because those are so hard to get. And uh, I know people will love it. So end up doing that and uh, sharing um, your thoughts uh, about the book on Amazon. Virginia, thank you so much for being with us tonight. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome here anytime. Just let me know and we'll uh, and tell your your PR person at the at the uh, publisher that I appreciate them sharing your name with me. Awesome book. Highly recommend. Thank you. Thank you very evening. much. Thank you. As we close every program out, I always like to end it the same way. And you found it out and you heard it in her voice. If you notice it about uh, 15 minutes ago, she talked about the one word we hang on every time as we close the program each and every week. You heard the word hope. There is hope. To hope to love again. To hope to get out of the situation that you're in. To hope for a better life. Never give up on that. No matter how bad and how covered you are with snow or life's uh, troubles and crises. No matter how much abuse and hurt that you've experienced. Trust in your gut, in a true friend, and in God himself to have you discover the hope. And then trust in your own self to reach down and grab that resiliency in yourself and keep on keeping on. God bless you. Join us right here next week for another edition live from Houston, Texas. And we'll see you next week. Have an awesome week. Breaking the silence. 8 o'clock p.m. next week live. God bless. Good night. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. To contact Dr. Williams, dial 832-396-6525 or email him at Shattered by the darkness at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us each Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on BBS Radio Station One for the next episode of Breaking the Silence.